We've heard an awful lot the last few years about ground-penetrating radar. It's been used especially at the sites of former residential schools to search the grounds, but we wanted to learn more as well about about how it is being used. What is this technology? What exactly does it do? So joining us now to help us out with that is Dr. Andrew Martindale, a professor of archaeology at UBC and member of the National Advisory Committee on Residential Schools, Missing Children and Unmarked Burials. Dr. Martindale, thank you for being here. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. This is such an interesting topic because I feel like we've heard a lot about this in the last couple of years, but do we really understand what the work is like? It is a complex endeavor uh, to use this technology for this purpose. Um, Ground penetrating radar is a lot like navigational radar that we'd find in boats. We send out a signal from a transmitter and then we pick up reflections with a receiver. Uh, In the context of of ground searches, uh, the signal goes in a few meters into the ground and we're, we're detecting in the reflection differences in the ground surface. And this technology has been around for, for many decades. It's used in industry to locate pipes and other buried infrastructure. It's used in archaeology to find uh, architecture. And it has, of course, for a long time, had an application in mapping out unmarked graves in cemeteries. And that's really what the, the, the history of it is in, in this purpose. Residential school landscapes, as we know, have cemeteries, both formal and informal, and in some cases, maybe more than we know right now, clandestine burials. And radar, or ground-penetrating radar, is one tool that we can use, certainly within cemetery contexts, and we are refining it as we look in in less formal places as well. Okay, well, let's talk about the refining process, because I understand the thing about the radar is that it doesn't detect organic matter, but it kind of looks for anomalies in soil composition. But what does that mean? Yeah, the word uh, the, the words that you'll hear include anomalies and targets, and uh, those are kind of distancing languages. But but the the, the reality is we, we map out difference, and one of the key differences that we can typically detect are are, are ground disturbances. So what we'll see with radar would be the actual excavation of the grave shaft, more so than the content. That's not entirely true. There's a little bit of relationship. But we're really able to map out in most contexts, certainly in cemetery contexts, where the grave shafts were. Um, because the background of a cemetery is typically doesn't have a lot of other stuff going on, and the grave then stands out. They're often in regular shape, regular rows. And so the radar works really well within cemeteries. So the refinement is, as we move into places around residential schools, where the cemeteries were less formal, the background geology can be a little bit noisier, a little bit busier, and the graves themselves that we might be looking for may not be standard in the rectangular shape of the dimensions that we'll typically find in a historic cemetery. So those things add a little bit of uncertainty to our ability to locate uh, patterns that look like graves. Okay, are we learning as we go on this? And is that what the committee's work is also all about? Yeah, exactly. This is an application that has had a lot of use around the world, um, but this purpose, and of course, Within cemetery contexts, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a population of, of children from, from these schools who died at school and are buried in the cemeteries, which is a tragedy in and of itself. Children shouldn't go to school and die. Um, then we have a population of children who are in places that are less formal, uh, graveyards that, that the administrators of these institutions created uh, that are perhaps not quite the same as a, as a more formal graveyard. And of course, we know uh, that there are cases of, of, of 
well, really criminal behavior, where we see what we call clandestine burials, hidden hidden graves. And those are more difficult. So as we use this technology, and it is used by police forces around the world in forensics contexts, there is a, a degree of refinement that is uh, needed. But I will remind you that radar doesn't really, it's not here to find any new truth to this story. We already know the truth. Uh, we have ample evidence from the Truth and Reconciliation Commission's work from survival from the archives. We know that children died in these institutions. We know of the criminal behavior that occurred. We know of the deaths. We don't prove anything. What we're really doing is simply bringing a degree of kind of specificity of, of, of location to these particular places. Um, and it's a long work. It'll take a long time, probably decades. There are a lot of these places. The settlement agreement identifies 145 institutions across the country. And the settlement agreement between the government of Canada uh, and, and its Indigenous citizens was was designed to some extent to limit the number of institutions that were considered residential schools. So there's a whole probably array of other institutional landscapes, hospitals, kind of homes, places where children might have ended up that are not yet kind of in our focus. Um, so the work ahead is going to be complicated. It's going to take a long time. Oh, okay. Well, thank you so much for explaining it to us this morning. Oh, my pleasure. That is Dr. Andrew Martindale, Professor of Archaeology at UBC and a member of the National Advisory Committee on Residential Schools, Missing Children and Unmarked Burials, talking about the use of ground-penetrating radar. It is highly technical and complicated, but and they're also learning as they go. Uh, but it has become a crucial tool when it comes to providing a little bit more certainty, as Dr. Martindale put it, when it comes to uh, you know mapping out unmarked marked burials and just trying to find out what really happened here in terms of where everything is. And we're going to be hearing more about that today as well, because of course, tomorrow is Truth and Reconciliation Day, and there will be lots of discussion. There is lots of discussion going on about this.